What's popping? Real ones. Logan Murdoch, Raja Bell. Raja, we got a we had a friend of the show on today. Yes, we had a real one on the show today. Yes, we did. He is a real one. Texas legend. Contending, pretending. Yeah. What's it saying? We got Kendrick Perkins, dog. We got Kendrick Perkins yeah. on the show. KP. KP on the show. You know what I mean? He kind of went, I'm, I'm going to just say, Oakland, soldiers, legend, tap into the real ones. We're here. Ah. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA final starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Good real ones. Logan Murdoch here with Raja Bell. Raja, we have a a, guest, a special guest, a friend of the show, man. Official, here. official <laughs> friend of the show now. Oakland Soldiers legend Kendrick Perkins. Uh. There you go. Hey, hey, Raja, what's up? What's up, my brother? First, look. First off, what's up, Raja? Man, look, I'm happy to be back on the real ones. But look, Logan, you don't have to keep throwing in Oakland and the Bay Area and all this. We already know that. You we don't know have to keep it. Throwing that in. No, you represent the Bay. We we know I played for the Oakland Soldiers for one tournament. All right, cool. We get it. One tournament. See, voices of, voices of reason are needed on this podcast, hey, Perk. Like, real Perk. talk. We need voices of reason. Hey, hey, hey. Perk came in here on the throne today. He's ready to roll. He's locked in. <laughs> he's coming to He's coming to Let's get right to the shits, man. One thing that I, I you know, we follow each other on Twitter. We got to get Raja on Twitter. But the thing that I think we both are disgusted with right now is what Bradley Bill is going through at the in the Washington at the Washington Wizards. Perk, he had 47 last night. Raja, he had 47 last night. Yeah. It took an L by 18. Okay. What I know that there's loyalty that we always preach loyalty in this game, but when does loyalty run out, Perk? When when is it just time for him to just just get up out of there, bro? It, it's now. It's now. It, it's it's almost like staying in a bad relationship, all right, where you just giving all your love and your significant other is just not loving you back. You only could take so much. It's time for like he has given the wizards everything that he possibly can 
He has performed at a high level. He's been loyal to them. But look, it's not on nobody. It's on Bradley Beal. It's time for him to step forward and say, you know what? My time is up. I'm going to demand a trade. I don't know when he's going to do it or when he's going to wait, but he cannot afford to waste any more of his prime playing like this at a high level. He's leading the league in scoring at about 35 points a game. Like, at some point, he has to say, you know what? Look, right now, the contender, it's time for a change of scenery. Brad don't want to be the bad guy, and I get that. But no one is going to look at him any type of way for not for, for stepping up. Right now, he we're looking at him a certain type of way because we're like, what the hell are you doing? When are you going to step forth and say, you know what? Hey, I want out. I want out. Yeah. He, hey, look, he's trying to be a good soldier, um, which was which was appreciated. Per, like, But this is why I'm always with the player doing what he's got to do at the end of the day, because you would think that an organization who you've like poured your blood, sweat and tears into would look at themselves and say, man, I can't get this shit right. And I owe it to Bradley Beal to move him like just off of like he's given us enough opportunity and we cannot get right. We can't get right, boss. But they will not do that. They will sit there and squander all of your shit. So you have to step up. And, and when the time is, is, has come and has run its course, be the bad guy and say, look, though, well, I have to go. And he, I'm with y'all. He, at this point, there's nothing else that can be said there. Like, don't come talking to me if you're a mm-hmm. GM, if you're an mm-hmm. owner. Like, just get the trade like hotline dialed up and let's get it cracking. Yeah, why, why, why is there this sense from players sometimes where it's like, yo, I just I, I've I've put ten toes on this. I've I've been in this community, but I can't leave. Why why do they why does it why is it to that point early on? Why do they always preach so Because they know so they know players know how quickly you get painted, in my opinion. Perk, I'll let you follow up, but how quickly the narrative becomes players aren't shit. Like, they want yep. what they want. Yep. There's too much movement. They get to control their destiny. Spoiled. Should be happy to be playing basketball. That's what the narrative becomes. So mm-hmm. we know that, Logan. And so early on, like, you're, you're you're trying to, you know, make it right for the city you're in and for the team you're on. But there comes a point with everything where enough is enough. Enough is enough. And, and part of it is, is who's representing you. That's, that's another part of it. Like, People can talk all the shit that they want about Rich Paul. But one thing about Rich Paul, he gets things done for his clients, whether you like it or not. And when he took over for Anthony Davis and represented Anthony Davis, guess what? Soon as he took over and Anthony Davis signed with Clutch Sports, Rich Paul said, oh, no, we got to get you out of New Orleans. We got to get you to a bigger market, whether that was Chicago Boston or L.A. Now, it happened to be L.A., but Boston was in the mix and Chicago was in the mix. Rich Paul was saying, no, A.D., I got to get you to a bigger market, not just because I want you to go to a winning place or compete for a title, but I got to look out for your brand because right now your brand is going to be in with the Pelicans. Okay, two different situations for us with Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Bill, you are one of the best two guards in the game today. You have elevated your game. You are leading the league in scoring. When is your agent going to step up to the plate and say, hey, Brad, it's time. It's 
time to force your way out. Like, th- this is what agents are supposed to do. You're supposed to give your players advice so you could put them in position to be successful. And right now, who's ever representing uh, Brad is not doing that. I, I do think that's interesting, though, Perk and, and Logan. I'm, I'm interested to kind of hear, you know, from the media side of it when you're covering things like this, right? Because representation and, and steering a career is one thing. But what Rich Paul also does, in my opinion, is he shields Anthony Davis from all the criticism because he becomes the face of it. Mm, right. Yeah. He becomes the the my Rich Paul is doing this. He's the bad guy in the equation. And so A.D. gets to kind of sit back. Yeah, sure. Some people, you know, might have said something. But at the end of the day, most of the vitriol was at least through the press was a Rich Paul thing. So yeah. like that's what I think his agent needs to do. And then in terms of covering that, Logan, like if you were if you were a writer and the agent was out in front of it versus the player, I would imagine you're writing different stories. Right. Like, it doesn't fall on Bradley Beal all the way. Yeah, no, I, I, it it also it always de- we all know this, and you guys know this. It all depends on honestly who's leaking this information. You know what I mean? Who, why, and why they're leaking this information? I think that's the the thing that we have to decipher through as as media is, yo, what does this person have to gain from leaking this to me? Right? Like if or leaking this type of stuff to the to the media. Um, but to your point though, Perk, I agree with you. With yo, you have to um. You have to figure out a way to get up out of here in in, a, in the right mm-hmm. way, right? And um, honestly, man, it's a different. I feel like it's a different case with uh, Brad and, and AD, just for the simple fact that um, it's clear that it's just not working in DC right now. Like I was watching the game against the Pelicans last night, and you just feel sorry for Brad, bro. You're just like, please get up out of here. He gets the he gets the game down to like 10 points. Then the, the, the Pelicans go on a run. There's no one else on that team right now in D.C. that can really pick up the slack. Another person um, that, you know, I know is near to you is uh, Russell Westbrook. Did you foresee Russell and, um, and Brad not working at this level that we, we're seeing right now? What do you think is going – what do you think happened with that? Well, well here's the thing. I, I said this, that Russ was going to put that key in Bradley Bill back and he was going to take a back seat to Brad like he did to Paul George when it was in Oklahoma City when Paul George was having that MVP season before he left and went to the Clippers. I said this. I said that Brad possibly could lead the league in scoring playing with Russell Westbrook, and he's doing that. Here's the thing that people realize about Russ. Russ shouldn't be playing right now, to be honest. He is playing on a torn quad. It has it. He tore it last year in the bubble, re-aggravated it in preseason, tried to start the season off doing it, tried to start the season playing on it, and guess what? He re-aggravated it again. This is an injury that if you re-aggravate it, sometimes it requires surgery or it requires you to be out for about eight weeks. He shouldn't be And we're talking about a guy that solely relies on his athleticism to get the job done. If you watch him, people talking about he's shooting 30% from the field, 30% from the three, and 60% uh, from the free throw line. I'm not making excuses for Russ, but he don't have his legs. If you watch him on his pull-ups, he can't even elevate like he used to. That's why his shots are short. That's why, you know, Majority of the time, he may be airballing shots and three-point shots like he don't have his legs and he should not be playing. On top of that, 
he has a dislocated finger in his right shooting hand. So I just think Russ is landing on the line because of his relationship with Scott Brooks. Mm. See what I'm saying? And so he don't want to leave Scotty hanging because Scotty's already in the hot seat. But think about it. Thomas Bryant is out for the season. They haven't had Rui Hachimara for majority of the season. He's been injured. And Bertans, who they gave the big bag to, he's been a no-show or he's been hurt. So those, those two guys in particular, those three guys are huge to their success. And when they were playing, Russ was out because of his torn cord muscle. Then they went through the COVID issue. So everything is just happening bad for the Wizards right now. But Bradley Bill still needs to get the hell out of there ASAP. He needs to bounce. Hey, I want to ask one because I saw a clip. Um, Bradley Beal came out. It was after the timeout. And he just looked like, I don't even know how to describe the way he looked. It was just like. Deflated. That, just completely deflated. That's the best way yeah. to put it. Um, but no teammates even approached him, right? Like people just kind of, I get. So my question is, as a teammate, Perk, um, how would Perk feel if you were part of the cast that's left? You you can't really help him. We both got to a point in our career where like mm-hmm. what we could offer the team wasn't going to be enough to get him over the hump. And and you see Bill doing what he's doing and we can't win. Like how are we feeling about him needing to get up out of there? Like do we feel the same way or selfishly you want to keep him on, on deck? Uh, if you real with him, if you real with yourself and, and, and everyone has nothing but high praise for Bradley Bill. If you talk to all his former teammates, all the guys around the league, he's a class act guy, great guy to be around. You can't be selfish in that situation. You got to go to Brad and say, hey, bro, as bad as I want you to be here, like, your time is up. Like, we ain't winning nothing. Hell, I'm trying to get up out of here. I'm trying to get a power or whatever the case may be. So that would be my approach. Has that ever happened to you? You ever play on a team where that had to, where that, where that happened? Yeah, I did. And I actually played with the Oklahoma City Thunder. When James, when James actually was going through negotiations uh, with the Thunder, and the Thunder offered him like 60 mil, and he wanted the max, and he deserved the max, but he also wanted his own team. And at first, my selfish ways, I was mad at James. I was like, man, come on, bro. Like 60 million, you will go try to get 80. Like, there's nothing really you could do. You can't do with 60 that you could do with 80. Like, come on, man, we got something special here. But this is Perk that already won a championship. This is Perk that's 27, 28 years old. That's a role player. James Harden at the time is 22, you know, just won six man of the year, just left the Olympics, and he wanted his own squad. And I was being selfish to the point where I had to send him a text and said, James, my bad, bro. Like, my bad. First priority is to get your money. This is a job. Go get your bread. Go get your lettuce. Secondly, you're right, bro. If you feel like you could go and take over a franchise and be that number one guy, who am I to try to tell you or hold you back from doing that? Mm-hmm. Wow. That, I mean, one that's real. And what do you... How do you, how do how how do you feel in that dynamic, right? Where the team is just, and this isn't even the Oklahoma City Thunder, but when the team is just not functioning right, 
and you have that feeling of, man, I got to get up out of here, but you still got to play. What is the dynamic there? I'll start with you, Roger. What is the dynamic mm. there where um, you still got to play, but you know this is not where I want to be? <laughs> that that's, that's, <laughs> that sucks. That's about as tough as it comes as a professional. It puts your feet to the fire um, as far as you being a professional in a class act in an organization, right? Because that's your job. Um, and so the way I approached it, Logan, to the best of my ability was, I, you know, I would deal with my agent in terms of strategizing about whether we're going to be here long term, what this is going to look like, you know, around the trade deadline. And I would let him handle that because my job was to be there for Perk and for Logan and for Sasha and and like in the in the effort to win and the coach, like we got to be in this together. And real talk, if I'm doing a good job and really a professional and we're you know, keeping this together, I become more attractive to other teams by doing that, you know? Mm. So like, that's really the way I approached it. Like I got to compartmentalize again and be about my business, be a professional, and then let my agent and them take care of, you know, what's going to happen in, in terms of facilitating the move out of here. So do you, do you, do you feel along those lines and how, how does it get messed up uh, perk when, you know, guys don't see that when they don't see that, yo, I still got to be a professional here. Maybe not, um, you know, a big time player like AD, but like someone that's low key trying to get up out of there. How important is them for them to be a professional in that in that way? Well, what what the key is with me is it runs deeper than for you, for yourself. Right. You want to you for that particular moment, shall I say, because you want to be a professional because you just never know towards the tail end of your career what's going to happen in that same organization that you were showing the lack of professionalism with, they might be that same organization that might need you at one point in time and might want to bring you back, might want to bring you back in the front office, might want to bring you back as a coach. You just never know, or even as a media guy. So you never want to burn that bridge. But also, you never want to mess it up for the next generation. See, th mm. this is the thing that I, this is the problem that I have with a lot of guys right now that's in the NBA and how they act, right? You look at guys like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, uh, Isaiah Thomas, all those guys that played in the 80s, 70s, 90s, they paved the way for us right now and guys today to be making hundreds of millions of dollars, all right? $30 a year, $40 a year, and stuff like that. And when you see guys like James Harden act the way he did with Houston, it just raised an eyebrow to the owners, and, you, and they're going back and saying, you know what? This next CBA, we need to talk about some things. Matter of fact, we might be paying them too much money. And you don't want to mess it up for the younger generations, right? The younger generation of kids that's playing in AAU, that's playing high school basketball, that's playing, you know, any type of basketball, want to reach the NBA, you don't want to mess it up for them. You want them to be getting $300 million contracts because you acted accordingly on and, and showed them that, hey, us as, as kids that come from the hood or whatever, when you pay us top dollar, we know how to act. And, I, and that's why I give a lot of praise to a guy like LeBron James, because it's plenty of times that he could have went off the deep end. He could have said certain things, but he know it's bigger than him. The kid growing up in the hoods of Akron, Ohio, from the bricks, he said, you know what? 
I'm not going to mess it up for my son, for his children, his children, children who have goals on making it to the NBA. Yeah. No, that's yeah. real. That's that's mm-hmm. real. I mean, what were you saying, Roger? Go ahead. No, I listen, I, it is real. And I'm going to double down on what he said again, because I believe that the, those owners are not sitting back loving mm. what is happening. Like that you have to know that they are, they feel like they are stuck. They are, they are billionaires. And most of the time, the billionaire tag comes with huge ego and accomplishment. And they don't like having shit dictated to them. And if you if you rub their nose in it, like the next time it comes around, the collective bargaining comes around, they're going to try to take away whatever leverage they can in negotiation. And all it takes to to Perk's point is just being a professional about your about your stuff. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, talk about you brought up James Harden. I think that's a great segue, Perk, into our next discussion point, which is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn mm. Nets. The last time we talked, um, James was had a trade demand, but he was still in Houston. Now he's in Brooklyn alongside KD and Kyrie Irving. They're five and two since the trade happened. What have been your initial impressions of that trade? Do you think that it's it's that the Brooklyn Nets are a fully finished product? Because I don't. No, they're not at all. And I know they had to give up a lot in order to get James Harden. I get that. But I still to this day, and I'm standing by it, that I really thought they dropped the ball by getting rid of Jared Allen. They underappreciate what he brought to the table. A live threat, a rim protector. Uh, guys, you know, with Jared Allen in the paint, guys were scared to go in there because they're always looking over their shoulder. I'm looking at this team, and I'm trying to figure it out. When are they going to step up to the plate? Or if they have the personnel to step up to the plate and, and defend. Because, look, you can have all the offensive firepower that you want. But we all know that defense win championships. And when you look at that go, those Golden State, that Golden State Warrior team, when they was making that, them runs, yes, they had offensive firepower, KD, Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, they had all that. But guess what? The Golden State Warriors was top five defensively in every category. So with that being said, I just I'm watching that game last night against the Hawks, and the Hawks pretty much was getting whatever they wanted when they wanted. It's just that the Brooklyn Nets had the firepower just to overcome that. But when you get in a game, when you have to go against a team like the Boston Celtics, who also have perimeter defenders and guys that's going to defend and also guys that could get buckets, are you going to be able to sustain and beat a Boston Celtic team in a seven-game series? And right now, the answer is no because of their defense. Like, you could get you could get your career highs. Colin Sexton just showed us that. Bam! Just showed us that. That if you go against the Brooklyn Nets, you could, you could be prepared to go in there and put up big numbers. Yeah, that— a team trying to win a championship, that should never be the narrative. And to look, um, I did like a decade's worth of 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 research on that. Like, and every team that's won a championship, and it's probably rings true further back than that, mm-hmm. but I only had time to go back about 10 years, has been top 10 in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Um, right now, Brooklyn is 24th in the league in terms of defensive efficiency. Usually, those teams are top five in either offense or defensive efficiency 
and then top 10 in the other. So they're phenomenal at one and well above average in the other. Mm. Brooklyn is well below average defensively. It is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem when you come up against those teams um, that can that can match you in terms of offensive output. You are rolling the dice every time you go out there in a series um, if, if you do not have any defensive backbone. And right now they don't have that. And I think it's personnel driven. Like, yeah. you know, like it, it, it may be, and I don't know this for a fact, but it also could be they focused on offense. Like I say this a lot when you when you get a big three, all the focus shifts to how do they work offensively together. That's the whole narrative. Like that's all anyone talks about. Shit, that's all we talk about. How's Kyrie gonna fit mm-hmm. with James Harden? How does James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant all eat at the same time? Well, absolutely. What no one is talking about is who's gonna fucking defend. And so you know, as a coaching staff, all of your focus may shift to that. But I also think it's personnel driven, and I'm with Perk. If they don't, if they don't get that shit right, they're pretenders in my book. Like they, they're gonna be good. They'll be a tough out because they can score. But at the end of the day, like you don't get out. You don't win a championship. What are, What about the? I know this is defense. Defense all literally wins championships. What about the argument that the teams with the best players are just gonna figure it out? Do you buy that Perk? Where they do have. They do have Kyrie, they do have James Harden, they do have Kevin Durant. They have two MVPs there and a guy that's won a title. Do you think that that wins out um, just from a talent perspective? Look, this this is what I'm going to say, and this is the thing that's disturbing to me. You have Kevin Durant, who's a two-time NBA champion, a two-time finals MVP. You have Kyrie Irving, that's the champion. You have James Harden that has been to the promised land he didn't win, but he knows what it takes from his Oklahoma City days and his Rockets days. He's playoff battle. And you have a guy like Jeff Green, who's also battle-tested, and DeAndre Jordan. This is not a young group of guys that you're putting together. These are vets. And so they know that it comes within. They have their, look, they have their athleticism to go down on the offensive end and do what they do. They could translate that and go down on the defensive end and 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 put together stops and, and defend at a high level if their mental is right. So to me, it's about accountability. Is Steve Nash going to hold these guys accountable? Are they in film room and are, is he pointing out to James Harden, hey, look, you got to get up over that screen. It's Kyrie, that was your sinking field. When DeAndre Jordan went to go help, it's no reason this guy should have got the rebound. You got to dig into his legs. Kevin Durant, don't give up middle, you know, uh, don't give up this middle drive. You know you're supposed, supposed to force him baseline. Does he have that respect? And watching them, to me, the answer is hell no, he don't have the respect because they're letting teams do whatever the hell they want. So if this was a young, if a young, if I could go, if I went to a young Oklahoma City Thunder team, with James Russ, Serge Ibaka, and KD were what were 21, 22 years of age, and I got them to buy into defense because we were top five defensively when we were making those playoff runs, there's no reason that they shouldn't be elevating their game on the defensive end of the ball. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. 
Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Perk. I mean, I go back and forth on this. I'd like to think, you know, having heard some of their comments about, you know, we'll do this by committee. One night it'll be James's night. One night it'll be Kyrie's night. One night it'll be Kevin Durant's night. If they're at a mature place like that and bought in, I tend to think it, it, it can it can work. I just don't know that they're at that place. Like I, what does Perk say? I don't. I watch Kyrie at times, and I'm again. What he does with the ball is maybe top five that I've ever seen in person. It's really Absolutely. silly like that. Absolutely. But I wonder at times if it's going to be the night where Kyrie is like, "Nah, this is my shit. I'm good." And that and that's that's all it would take to throw it upset it. What from what I saw, from what I've been witnessing, is that that's what Kyrie is on. Like, he's not taking the backseat to no one. And I think his first game with the Brooklyn Nets, he let us all know that by his performance. I'm going to say this. James Harden is sacrificing. James Harden is sacrificing. I'm watching James Harden make extra passes on the offensive end. To me, Kevin Durant, they don't need him to sacrifice. We're talking about arguably the, the greatest score to ever touch the damn basketball. If he starts sacrificing, I got a problem with it because he's the best player on the team. He's the best score on the team. He's the most efficient score on that team. So with that being said, it's going to have to go down to Kyrie and James Harden sacrificing and not to back down to Kevin Durant but to make sure that Joe Harris feels involved, to make sure that Jeff Green feels involved, to make sure that Bruce Bourne, Bruce, uh, yeah, Brown. Bruce, Bourne, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, not Bruce Bourne, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Jordan, to make sure these guys have their confidence because we all know that no matter how much star power you have, I play with a big three. Role players help you win games in the playoffs. Every role player is going to help you win the game on your way to trying to win the championship. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for, but the thing is with, and this is a, we have, we haven't talked to you since this happened um, when Kyrie left the team. And do we think, uh, or do you guys think that, because um, you guys are more tapped in than I am, do you think that this is a, a, a recurring thing or do you think that this is going to, this this is this was just a one time thing, and this is the 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 Nets are going to be back, and it, we don't. Have, this isn't something we have to worry about. So you go ahead, Roger. I want to hear what you got to say first. 
I've, I've said this before. Um, I thought that the Nets should have should have had a response. I understand because Kyrie is such an interesting personality. Why the Nets didn't come out and do something organizationally in terms of a suspension or so, something for him just to because here's the deal. In my opinion. You have Steve, you got a new coaching staff, and you got you have to have respect. Perk just talked about, do they have enough respect for Steve um, to do what he wants them to do? If you let him leave like that, come back, not miss a beat, shoot 29 damn shots in his first game back, and you haven't had a response as an organization other than to say, oh, yeah, we support Kyrie. Like, I think it's just opened the door for, for them to do whatever they want. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how anyone respects anyone there now. Like you are now, you're saying, hey man, y'all can basically do whatever the hell y'all want and and we'll just be here waiting when you come back to the reservation. I don't agree with that. I thought the Nets and Steve needed to have a response to that shit and nip it in the bud. Don't let it fester. I, I thought not only should Kyrie have been fine, but he should have been suspended by the team because it, it, it sets the tone and says, we're not going to tolerate this. We're developing a culture. We're trying to win a championship. You as an individual is not bigger than what we're trying to accomplish. That's number one. Also, I think what the Brooklyn Nets did, everyone was thinking, yeah, they went on here and got James Harden because the Rockets finally made the push. No, the Brooklyn Nets wanted to make the push also because they needed James Harden as an insurance policy because we're not even 20 games into the season and Kyrie Irving just dips without giving anybody an explanation or anything. Steve Nash didn't even know. Sean Monks didn't even know. So with that being said, who who's to tell us? Who's to tell us that when things get tough, it's the first round of the playoffs? What if Kyrie dips again? So with that being said, I feel like as a whole, we don't trust Kyrie. And I feel like the Brooklyn Nets don't trust Kyrie. So they had to say, you know what? Since he's, we don't know what's going on through his mind, how about we trade for James Harden so at least we have us a duo in Kevin Durant and, and James Harden. That way if Kyrie does one off, we still have a fighting chance. Logan, will you please tell Perk what my position was? And you laughed, and I got it. Like, I got it. But what's my position been from day one on this shit as soon as James Harden showed up? What's my position been? Trade Kyrie Irving has been his position for the last two weeks. Yeah, like, ever since the trade, it's been, okay, now, now the time to trade Kyrie Irving. Perk, I'm not saying that he's not dope. I'm saying if you can get in return... A a, a, a a Allen type of piece, some complimentary pieces to Kevin Durant and James Harden. You have enough offensively to win a championship. Regardless, you don't need Kyrie. You need the other pieces to support that shit. I've been on that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and I will go out on a limb and say, if 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 you could trade Kyrie and possibly get back a JJ Reddick. Uh, uh, a Josh Hart, guys who's going to come in and buy into their roles, right, and fit in. J.J. Redick, a sniper. You had two snipers on the long side of KD and James Harden like a Joe Harris and a J.J. Redick. 
you that's all you need. You need to upgrade your roster, upgrade your bench. You need to get you a big man. Hopefully they can land JaVale McGee, right? So it, I'm with you because I strongly believe without Kyrie, the Nets can win the East. Without Kyrie. Now, here's the question. Can they win it all with Kyrie? And that's the scary part because to me the answer is no. Mm. Yeah, I what yeah. Oof. <laughs> My, <laughs> we're we're gonna get we gotta we, in the second we're gonna get to uh contenders and pretenders with uh with 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 Perk. But what is the right way to do what Kyrie did in a sense of okay, you're going through some things, right? Okay, internally you say you're going through some things and um, you need some time to yourself. I mean, that's that's what's out there, Perk. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm throwing them a bone. Right. What right. What is the right way to go about doing that if you are feeling this certain certain type of way um, during the during the season? Well, well, first of all, on a serious note, we all know that mental health is real. Okay, we know that the NBA is big on that, and at that particular moment. We were going through something in America that we have never witnessed in our lives or in history, what they was doing at the state capitol, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when Kyrie did walk away, me, me knowing and seeing how involved Kyrie is in the community and with his social justice, I actually tweeted out and said, I don't mind Kyrie walking away for what we're going through right now in the world. I don't mind any player that needs a break right now uh, for what we're going through if they need time off. But it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Inform your team, inform your teammates that, hey, I need a mental break. I'd rather not talk about what it's about, but I need a mental break right now, and I wish y'all granted to me because mentally I'm not there. Mentally, I I need to focus on something else. And I guarantee you, Sean Marks and Steve Nash would have said, all right, Kyrie, do what you got to do. But to 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 see Kyrie diddy bopping at a party, <laughs> that just wasn't it. And that's what changed the whole narrative. Like, yeah. once, once he got caught out in the club, no mask, breaking all the rules, and you see the NBA – we're watching the NBA struggle right now to prevent guys from having COVID. We're watching games get postponed, and you are in the spot diddy bopping with no mask on <laughs> while your team is out on the road playing the game of basketball and no one has heard from you except from watching you on social media. That just wasn't the right way to go about it. Yeah, and I, I think that the, that's been a big thing with uh, with Kyrie. I mean. You know, like you said, if you need a, if you need a mental break, take that. His rollout on these things have been very bad. You know what I mean? And wh- why why is it so? You guys have been around him, you know, for for a minute. You guys have had you know intimate time with him. But why why is that the messaging never right when he does these types of things? Why does he have a why is there a problem there with that? Why is there a disconnect there, Perk? Well, well, let me say let, let me say this, Roger. And I'm gonna let you take it away because I want you. To honestly tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right. Here's the thing that I gotta say. All right, this is the shit that pisses me off. When you sign up for the NBA, okay, you sign up for the NBA. This is a lifestyle, the fortune and the fame. 
Sometimes it's good fame. Sometimes it's bad fame. Okay. This is what I don't understand. I was a Shaq and the Fool legend, right? I was a Shaq and the Fool legend. I was on Shaq and the Fool. Kids still, my kids still laugh at me and joke with me to this day. Guess what? I don't give a damn. I still go to sleep at night. This was part of it. Them checks ain't stopped coming in. Here guys making 30, 40 million damn dollars a year. And you worried about what somebody is saying about you on TV. Or, or, or talking about basketball or something that you did to cause this conversation. That's the problem I have. You 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 come out and you address the media preseason with a public statement. A public statement. A public statement. Think about that, right? Like you're just sitting up here and everybody else is just beneath you. That's how you take it. Then you come out and you address it again on your social media and call people pawns. Like, that is the ultimate disrespect. And so when people start to talk about it, ask yourself, why is people talking about it? Because you the one started it. So as the media, as our job is to discuss whether we agree with you or don't agree with you, and it's just part of it. But if you... If you had the proper media training and you wasn't so damn sensitive, this shit wouldn't affect you at all anyway. And I just don't get it with a lot of these players, Roger, like, and you was the same way. You and I both didn't got talked about on ESPN, whether it's good or bad. We Mm -hmm. didn't got talked about. That shouldn't stop you from going to sleep at night. This is what we signed up for. If you don't want the media talking about you, it's YMC leagues open. Is LA, they hooping at LA Fitness, they hooping at the rec center. No media will talk about you ever again in life. But here it is you're blessed to be in a position that millions of people out there in the world would love to be in your shoes. And you're so damn sensitive because somebody is talking about one, your basketball, or two, something that you did that caused the media to react. Yeah, sens- sensitivity is is a real issue. Like generationally, like we're we're <laughs> we're real sensitive. I would I would take it a step further with like if you're someone that doesn't like to be um, criticized and all of that through the media, like don't poke the bear. You know, yeah. don't don't yeah. come out there antagonizing yeah. the media. Like, what do you think is going to happen as a backlash or a reaction to that? Um, as it pertains specifically to Kyrie uh, Logan and your question about his rollout on things like this, because in fairness to Kyrie, he does a lot of great philanthropic work, man. Like he is really out there doing cool things. So I want to give him credit, but what happens is, and, and, and Perk kind of touched on it when he said, you know, he's given a public statement as if to say he's up here and everyone like Kyrie comes off. Like he thinks he's smarter than you, like, mm-hmm. that, and he's more enlightened than you. Right. And so like how dare you question what I'm going to do with this. I'm doing it because I'm more enlightened than you. And mm. that that rubs people the wrong way. Like, it, you know, and, and look, I don't know, like, Kyrie's IQ and, and all of that. I'm not saying that, but it's the way he approaches it, it seems like, and it's the way it comes off. It's like, look, I know better than y'all. Like, I've got this figured out. You guys clearly don't. And this is what I'm going to do. I also think that there's a lack of real direction in his camp. Um, 
you know, Perk's been around some camps where there's some some people there providing great advice. Um, mm-hmm. There are multiple people providing checks and balances in that process. So if Perk thinks that shit is a great idea for me, Logan might come in and be like, whoa, 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 Perk. Hey, Raj, you need to think about yep. that, dog. Like, that's not, yep. that might not play the way you think it's mm-hmm. going to play. I don't think he has that. So, you know, I think he he's really just flying by the seat of his pants, which is, hey, dog, I'm smarter than you, and this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, and mm. then and then he has his godfather and, and, and Rod Strickland who comes to his defense. And I'm sitting up here saying, like, no, like Kyrie is wrong in this situation. Like, and, and, and here's the thing: this is the problem that I have. He does wrong, the media react to it, and then all of a sudden he does something great in the in the, in for us in the communities, and everybody like you all Kyrie apology. No, the hell I don't. They're two different things. They're two different things. Right. I wasn't addressing what he was doing in the community. I was talking about what he's doing in basketball. And by the way, it's a lot of people doing things in the community. They just not out there broadcasting it. Because if you're doing it for the right reason, you don't need a pat on the back and you don't need recognition. Mm. I, I do have a question when uh when you talked about the two different generations, right? Because you said like, you know, our generation, mine, is is a bit more sensitive. Um, do you think that it, it a part of that has to do with how accessible criticism is these days, right? Because, you know, back when Raja was playing, you know, it was a newspaper, you had to buy that joint. Um, now, like they bring they bring it up to your bumper on Twitter, and it's something that you constantly have to see, no matter what and what. What it, do you think that, that that plays a role at all? Well, well, get off of Twitter, get off of social media if you can't handle it. It's part of it. It's part of it. It's no excuse. You signed up for it, and if you can't take someone saying something about you on Twitter, then you need to get up off of it. Social media, they're gonna have it. They talked about the best of them. Hell, they talked about Jesus. It don't make nobody else different in this world today. So with that being said, I say a lot of stuff on Twitter. People don't agree with me. They say crazy things to me. Who gives a damn? Who gives a damn? It's part of it, man. It's part of it when you sign on a dotted line or you get drafted and you walk into the NBA. This is what all comes with it. Mm -hmm. And so, all right. Before we get to uh, contenders and pretenders, I'm going to pose a question to you guys. Is Kyrie on the team by the end of the season? Roger, go first. If you had to put some money on it. Yeah, I think he is. Um, okay. I, I I, don't – I mean, Sean Marks and them have done a good job uh, so far, could, like pulling off deals. Obviously, that James Harden one was huge, but I don't think they have it in them to move him. I don't. I do. I do. I want to double down. If the right deal was there and it made me a better team, I would. I don't think they do it this year. I think he stays in Brooklyn. Absolutely. He's not going nowhere. And, and the main reason why is because him and Kevin Durant are besties. And Kevin Durant is not going to do it because it's, it's, it's almost like to the point where he's going to feel like he turned his back on Kyrie. And we know how much Kevin Durant takes up for Kyrie. So Sean Marks may have it on his mind to do it, but also – he don't want to piss off Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant is going to have to say so in whatever goes on with that organization. Let me ask you a question then, Perk, because you know KD way better than me. Um, if they don't get it done with this group, does there come a point where KD is like, hey, Sean Marks, you do what you got to do? 
Or is that something that he's like, nah, dog, like we came here together and this will we'll either win or lose together. Or will KD eventually say, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do? He's going to have to say that because right now, this team right now is championship or bust. It's no, mm-hmm. it's no other way around it. James Harden forced his way out because he wanted a championship. It's not, oh, this team is growing. They got no next year. No, hell no. It's championship or bust. And when you have a championship or bust team and you say you don't achieve that goal in the offseason, you got to get better, whatever that means. You know, you know, Kevin Durant is not going anywhere. We know that for damn sure. But it, you got to reevaluate every situation because mm-hmm. I've been on LeBron James team and it's championship or bust. And in off seasons, he wants to see upgrades like we just saw just now. They just won a championship and they won the offseason. Great point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I am curious, too, because this is the first time, and you know this, Parker, this is the first time Kevin Durant has had his own team where he knows all the power that he can wield. So I'm curious to see how he wields that power in the next coming years because in OKC, I mean, it was his team, but I don't think he fully knew how much power he wielded in OKC. And in the Warriors, we already know how that went. Now he's with the Brooklyn Nets, and now he has, you know, he has the power to say to the GM or the owner, hey, man. Let's get this dude about the paint, or hey man, let's let's bring a James Harden in. I'm gonna be curious to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. But um, let's go to uh, contenders and pretenders with Perk. We're gonna throw some names out there to so to, to Big Perk, Raja. L- l- let's start it off. This is your segment. This is something that you wanted to bring out here. It was a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. All right, Raja, let's see what you do. What you got? What you got, Raja? Hot, hottest team in the league right now. 10, 10 wins in a row, doing it without Donovan Mitchell. The Utah Jazz, contender or pretender? They are contender. And last year, they were my dark horse contender, but Bogdanovich didn't go to the bubble. And I think he's a huge part. Mike Conley wasn't fully committed, but this year he's he he is. They have a they don't have Donovan Mitchell is a star. He's not a superstar. But the Utah Jazz have a really, really good team. They're well coached defensively. They get into you, and they have depth on their bench. You have Joe Ingles. You have Jordan Clarkson, along with the starting five. And you know what else they don't get enough credit for? Defensively, Royce O'Neal is a elite defender that people don't give enough flowers to. And if Rudy Gobert could continue to play like he did last night and over this stretch, meaning rebound, finish at the basket, anchor that defense, play with tenacity, it would not surprise me one bit if the Utah Jazz make it to the finals. Am I picking them to make it to the finals? Hell no. But I'm saying (laughs) they are a dark horse contender, meaning that if they got there, I would be like, it don't surprise me. Yep. Only team in the league right now, top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency, bro. Lead the league in rebounding. Back, Back to your point. Tough, tough. I don't know, but I don't know if they're a contender, though. But go ahead. A contender for me. Contender for me. Um, all right, you want to give him one? You want me to just roll him off, Logan? I mean, just we didn't roll really them off. off. Just, all right, just roll um, it off, Brody. Milwaukee, contender or pretender? Milwaukee is a pretender. And will they grow on me? I'm going to have to see over the year, but over the course of this season. But 
I just don't have faith in Giannis. I don't have faith in Giannis. Like, I'm, I'm watching too many times when the game is close, a possession-by-possession game in the fourth quarter, he is standing in the corner. You are the two-time MVP. When are you going to elevate your game and take over? Like, Giannis, like, we can't, we'll never say that Giannis took over a fourth quarter like what Braun did just two games ago against Cleveland. Like, we'll never see that, in my opinion. Until he proved me wrong, I've never witnessed that. See, the thing was, was that we were caught up last year because Giannis dominated in 30 minutes because they were blowing people out, right? So he didn't never really have to play a lot of close games. But when things get tough, and now that them goons from Dade County, the Heat exposed them, (laughs) teams are like, hold on. They really not built that way. So I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are a pretender right now as of today. Okay, let's go to the team. We talked about Brooklyn. Um, let's go to the team that beat the Lakers last night, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, pretender or contender or pretender? A contender, a contender. Right now, the 76ers are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They got an MVP candidate. They have Ben Simmons, who I think is finally finding his way. Doc Rivers got these guys bought into their roles. You could tell every guy is playing their roles on the offensive end and the defensive end. They have a six-man-of-the-year candidate in Shake Milton. They also have an underrated player who I love so much that people just give him credit for shooting the ball, and that's Seth Curry. Forget just shooting the ball. This dude is an all-around hooper. Let's let, like let's correct that right now. He is a hooper, and he's a, on the defensive end. He's underrated on how he gets into guys. Indiana, pretender. I love Indiana. They just actually missing some pieces, and I think as they continue to grow, they will be they will be pretty damn good. Like I love Malcolm Brogdon. Sabonis is a beast. I I think the Holiday Brothers are good role players. TJ Warren is is a cool dude for 19, 20 a game, but they are missing like they need that superstar. Let me go two more because I I I'm so what I did was I pulled up and I'm cross referencing who who kind of fits the bill in terms of statistically being able to get it done. Indy is really close, right? Like they're 13th in the league defensively. Atlanta is also a team top 10 offensive but right outside defensively. These two next teams only fit one of the criteria. They don't make them both, but I think they both are in the conversation. Boston and the Clippers. Both of them are are contenders. And and look, right now, Boston, Boston, when you watch Boston, and it's a problem, offensively, guys are getting off. So you have a guy like Jalen Brown, who's, who's, who's having a career high in points, his offensive game has has took a tremendous leap. He hasn't really been locked in defensively like we known him to be. All right, but we do know he can be. We know he has the athleticism to do it. Jason Tatum, who took a leap forward last year as a defender, he's taking a step for a step backwards. But we do have to realize they didn't have Kemba, so it was more on their plate. Marcus Smart haven't been 
at defensive player of the year candidate that we've been seeing. So I feel like they're going to get it together once they finally, last night was their first game having their whole team back where they had Kimba, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown on the court together. The Clippers, the Clippers have been flying under the radar, but they are playing inspiring basketball. And yes, I do believe that they are going to be, that they, that they are a contender. We're going to see that Western Conference matchup, in my opinion, that we wanted to see. I think Nicholas Batoon has brought great value to them. Serge Ibaka. Uh, T. Lou has been mixing it up a little bit, man, because he's been, like, you know, when they have a full roster, he's been going away from uh, Lou Will a little bit, and it's been surprising. But the Clippers look like they enjoy one another, and sometimes it just take that change of scenery. Doc is loving it in Philly. Philly is loving Doc. Ty Lue is loving it in Clippers, and the Clippers loving Doc. So, hey, both of them move on. They're in great situations. Win, win, win. All right, Logan. I had one more, but I'm gonna leave Denver out. Like I, I, it, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna leave Denver out. Okay, pretender. You already yeah. had Now I want. Right. I do want to ask. I'm asking one more thing before we go on. What is wrong, in your opinion, um, with two teams that I thought would just be better than that than they are right now? Um, Dallas and and my Phoenix Suns. Like what what's what's going on with those two? Well, I I, I had Phoenix Suns pick to be a top five team in the West. But Devin Booker is out. They lost a few close games. I feel like they will get it together. Uh, the young guys are developing, and, and Mikael Bridges and uh, Cameron Johnson. So I feel like they're okay. DeAndre Aiden is finally playing up to, to being the number one pick in spurts. Just got to get him being consistent. Hey, look, not, I wouldn't panic over the Suns. Okay. Now the Mavericks, on the other hand, Mavericks got to get it together. When I say get it together, I wish people stopped being fooled. And it's no knock on Luka. He's an awesome player. But I wish people stopped being fooled about his triple doubles. Because I watch the game, and I want to watch Luka impact winning. You know what I mean? I want to watch him impact winning. Meaning, is he going to dive on the floor for loose balls? Is he going to take charges? Is he going to do anything that doesn't show up in the stat sheet to impact winning? We watch LeBron James. We watch Kawhi Leonard. We watch even Giannis. We watch Kevin Durant. We watch those four guys do things on the floor that is winning basketball plays that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And I think it's time for Luka to do the same. So you're saying, like, let's ask the same question about Lucas' stats as all of these cats have been asking about Russ's stats for the last few years? Like, how come Luca's not getting that same kind of conversation? Bingo. Bingo. Okay. Where's, the, where's the same energy? Mm-hmm. Russ putting up triple doubles, but it's not converting in nothing. Mm. I got you. That? Wow. Let's, um, before we get out of here, let's get to uh, real one of the, <laughs> let's get to real one of the week. Um, Raja, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first. Um, and it does link into basketball, even though it's a football player. It's Deshaun Watson finally coming out. And it's not a, it's not like sources say anymore. Like he said, no, I want out. Like this organization is not doing what I needed to do. Um, there's stuff behind the scenes that I am not cool with. And I am not going to squander the prime of my career 
messing around with the damn Houston Texans. So get me up out of here. It's a formal request now. You ain't got to worry about whether you heard it from a source. I said it. I want out of mm. Texas. Mm. Real one. Real one. Perk, what, who you got, man? You go first, Logan. Let me think some more. All right. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go um, with the uh, OG Sekou Smith, who uh, passed away recently and um yeah man was it it was it was a great dude man i I interned um at turner sports when while he was there and he was just always just great to me always was an og and i think the biggest thing that can be understated is when i was growing up he was someone that looked like me in this business right and gave a lot of people like that looked like me hope that we could do something in this business man and um it's 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 tough news man but he was always a real one with me and i just want to um you know Give him his flowers, real one. Oh, a great guy. Great guy. Always showed class, respect as when I was a player. I'm going to go with Leonard Hamilton. Oh. Head coach at Florida State. You know why? Because he got them playing at an elite level. They playing inspiring basketball. I honestly believe that if Florida State was to play Gonzaga and Baylor, they'll beat both of them. They have had a phenomenal two weeks. And they look great. I mean, they look great when you watch them play. They're covering the spreads every single week. They're smacking people. So I just want to give Florida State men's basketball their props. Hell no. The Seminoles on the real ones, they whooped my Hurricanes the other night and Leonard Hamilton. And Leonard Hamilton told me he had five pros at Miami, so I should look to go somewhere else. I ain't giving no Leonard Hamilton no damn real (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Man, yo, Perk, thanks so much for coming on, big dog. Friend of the show, you know you welcome you anytime. You know what I'm saying? You and the throne are welcome to the real ones anytime, man. <laughs> real recognized, real. I appreciate y'all, man. Yes, sir, man. We will see you guys next time. Make sure you tap into the to the real ones on the NBA Ringer NBA feed, also the Ringer NBA show, also Ringer Music Show, Ringer NFL show. We got a lot going on. R two C two with CC Sabathia. Tap Don't in. even say it. We'll, Baleo we'll legend. You. We know. We know. Ah, ah, we know. Ah, 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 Bay Area. Ah, ah. All right. See y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>